0: following is a presentation of Gallery Church Downtown, part of a family of neighborhood churches seeking to display God's greatness to the world. For more information, please visit gcbdowntown.com.
1: Good morning, everyone. We'll be reading um, from Philippians chapter 1. I think it said, it said 1 to 6 on the ministry guide, is it? Yeah. is 1 to 6? All right, yeah. verses 1 through 6. And uh, if you need a Bible, they're available under the, uh, the Lord's table, tables on either side. Okay, Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your first partnership in the gospel or because of your partnership in the gospel from the first days until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen.
2: Thank you, Andrew. And we also have um, kind of introduced the passage of scripture that, um, in many ways, we have a desire to memorize together, not just read out loud on Sundays. And I hope that we can figure out ways of reminding us throughout the week to be able to do this. But it's on the screen. It's Philippians chapter four. We're going to start in verse uh, verse four, and we're going to read this out loud together. But if, if Philippians four four through nine is our month of May like memorization verses. So let's read this out loud together. Rejoice, rejoice in the, in the Lord, Lord always. always, and I will say, say it again. again.
3: Rejoice!
2: There you go, half of you got it. Let's do it again. Exclamation points are crucial in the scriptures, all right? So rejoice in the Lord always. I, I will say, say it, it again. again. Rejoice! Let your gentleness be evident to all. The, the Lord, Lord is near. near. Do, do not be anxious, anxious about anything, anything, but in every situation, situation, by prayer and, and petition, petition, with thanks thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever Whatever you have learned or received from me or or seen seen in me, me, put it into into practice, practice, and the the God of peace will be with you. All right, well, last week we started into this series of joy, and before we get to it today, I don't know about you guys, but how many of you felt like that this week was the week that you literally were challenged to have joy? Um, I don't know, it kind of felt for me that there were things that, that just kept popping up, that were just trying to steal joy. And all I could hear was the Holy Spirit in my ear saying, you're going to practice what you preached? (laughs) And I'm like, shut up, Spirit, is that okay? You know, it's like, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I'm like, Father in heaven, seriously, do we have to be tested on joy? The time where, like, why can't I speak out of the overflow of blessing, right? Rather than coming with heaviness. But what we're finding is, is that, There's amazing work that God has started in us. And so today's title of the teaching is Choosing Joy in Progress. And there's a reason why we've called it that, because if you look around the room at everybody, that is not just Ginger and I on stage, which we are included in this, there is not a completed individual in the room. And so we are in progress. And if we can take today and focus on the fact that God's trustworthy, and we are in progress, then I think we can begin to develop some disciplines that will help us to remember the joy that is available to us. Um, Based on the fact last week, we talked about there are a lot of ways in our society that they're not people that you can go model joy after. And because of that, it's hard to see people, to say, I can can look at them, and I can now mimic them and, and follow after them. It's really hard to find people that we feel like are, are good joy examples, because many people that we associate with joy are the people that are extreme, like there's never a bad day. It's always good. It's always sunny outside, even when it's raining. Like they, they, It's like they just have an ability to be happy all the time. And sometimes they're not necessarily the best examples because they never share with you how they're processing it to get to that joy. And so the example for us is, who's willing to be real with me to say, let me tell you how I'm choosing joy in the midst of this pain that makes it look like I'm happy all the time, because I'm not really happy, I'm choosing joy. And so last week we tried to lay a foundation for what that difference could look like. And then we also wanted to lay a foundation for you and I to go back to scriptures that many of us have highlighted and underlined and circled and printed out. And say, at some level, these verses have to be more than just highlights in our Bibles. They have to become true in us to the point where we are actually saying, I can walk in faith in that truth and not be overcome by my circumstances, because if this verse is true, I can find joy. And so the definition of joy, last week, we made a case for the fact that it's, that it's not just happiness, joy Needs to be defined because if we have a strong definition, then when we go back to it, we will actually be able to find our way through it. And so, this is the definition joy is the discipline to maintain an eternal perspective on what is true despite current circumstances and the determined choice to praise the Lord Jesus Christ in all things. That's the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness can be, uh, your favorite candy popped into your mouth, right? That's just a moment of, wow, this is great. But that's not joy. Joy takes an incredible amount of effort in our life. Mm -hmm. And hopefully today will begin to help us kind of look through this. So in Philippians, the verses that were read, this is Paul, and we spent a lot of time in the book of Acts talking about Paul's life. This book, over 16 times, in as short of a book that it is, references joy, more so in a condensed version than, than pretty much any other book of the Bible, and Paul is writing it from a yacht in the Mediterranean Sea, right? No. Right? Isn't he on a does, isn't he on an island resort like Sandals Mediterranean? That's where he is. He's having all of his meals provided to him in luxury and in the sun, and they're bathing him in olive oil so he has the freshest skin. And oh that's what he's experiencing, right? No. No, that's very sarcastic. And some of you are like, oh man, I didn't realize that. That's all a lie. That's not true. Right? This this man is in prison. And he's been in prison. And he's writing to a the, the church in Philippi about joy in what he's learned about it in the midst of his circumstances. And his prison does not have cable television. His prison does not have three meals a day. His prison doesn't even necessarily have walls. It's very likely he was in a hole in the ground with a grate over the top of it. That's very likely where he was writing this book from. And we began to find that in the middle of some of what would be his darkest days... He gives the church its greatest encouragement. From his darkest pits, he is writing verses that the church for nearly 2,000 years has had as its anthem for joy celebration, and we hope to make a good understanding of all that today.
0: Right, and not just an understanding, but our desire is really to challenge you with some action steps so that, again, we don't walk out of here with just some knowledge or an appreciation of the topic, but that we're actually going to apply what we've learned, what we've heard, that we're not just hearers of the word, but that we're doers. Um, Graham Cook is a Christian author, and he said, his quote is, The Father does not give us joy. He gives us himself, and he is absolute joy. So somehow in Paul's journey, he had figured this out. And I shouldn't say it that way. He wasn't a perfect person, but he was practicing this. He was practicing this. But as we talked about last week, for many of us, on most days, choosing joy feels like we're pushing this massive boulder up this extremely steep hill, and there's no other way to get it to the top of the hill except for to have some help. Right? Can some of you identify with that? But if we were not meant to walk in joy, if we were not meant to experience joy, then why would it be commanded so much and so often throughout the scriptures. If you remember when Ellis taught on Easter Sunday, he actually one of the slides said, and I might not be saying it exactly correctly, but you if you have the ability to do blank, it's because God wants you to. Right? Yeah. If we have the ability for joy, joyful moments, it's because he wants us to have live, have and live joyful lives, to have joy to the full, for it to be complete in us like we heard in John fifteen eleven. So we're prodded, we're instructed, we're invited to have joy even in the face of suffering and loss and pain. And if you remember, like our slide here, we talked about that joy and sorrow, as long as we are living, will parallel in our lives. That is just the truth that we must come to terms with. And when you look at it that way, when we're we're called to choose joy, even in the midst of such suffering and pain, actually, it's a call to live in the realm of the miraculous. Isn't it? But I believe in miracles Mm -hmm. because I believe in the God of miracles. And just like anything else that he's calling us to that's a following of his call for our life, it's going to be opposed. Mm. We have an opposer, an opposition, and it's the evil one. He's the thief of all thieves. John 10.10 10 tells us the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Again, another truth that we know, we can probably, most of us, quote it, but do we understand what that means for our lives in and, and living it out? And identifying when he is the one that is robbing us of our joy and our peace and our connection to God. He's so good, as we've talked about so many times before, about whispering these lies to us in our ears, especially when we're at a vulnerable place. And he can put a spin on anything. Mm -hmm. And then the perception of our lives, what our reality is, it's not necessarily what the true reality is because he's such a good deceiver. And we begin to doubt God and we struggle with trusting Him. I mean, how many of you today are struggling to trust our Father? How many of us? Yeah. Again, I want to remind you that the evil one has devoted all his malice to separating us from intimacy with our good, good Father.
2: That's
0: right. And in doing that, he is separating us from the experience of deep joy that comes straight from Jesus' heart. And then, not only that, the evil one uses our circumstances to push us deeper into a place of discouragement, into a pit of despair. And that's why we have to remember that though happiness is rooted in our circumstances, joy is rooted in eternity.
2: Yeah, and, I, and there's, there's so many people in the Bible that I would love to interview like, there would be so many great moments and characters. Obviously, Jesus. I mean, it would be so fantastic if he could walk through the door, sit down, and then us just literally talk to him. There's other characters in the Old Testament. I would love to talk to people like David and, and Joseph and others that, and even Nehemiah and things that he faced, or Ezra. What was it like to hold up the scroll and everybody just start shouting? You know, I mean, there's several things. And I would love to interview Paul, but obviously, you know, that we can't do that. And the veil between heaven and earth isn't going to open up. And so as Ginger and I were thinking about many of you and your stories, we were like, who have we seen the book of Philippians being lived out in, but yet still going through their own struggles?
0: Yeah, in progress.
2: And so we asked somebody, that, or a couple, to come up and join us. So Paulo and Roger, would you guys come up? They're going to share, and we're going to talk through some of this teaching together. Because you, I believe we need to see some examples. Again, there's a stool and a microphone for each of you. We're going to kind of make this like a, a home table, um, so to speak. Um, I think that we need to, to hear like examples, like how are other people processing choosing joy when so much of our life is solely around happiness? Like I get a new shirt, so I'm happy for a moment, or I got to go see the Endgame movie and I was happy for five seconds, um, and all the different things that happen in our lives. But um, Paul and Roger uh, Paul and have been sharing their testimony with us, and so thank you guys. Yeah. Can you guys just really quickly introduce yourself, tell everybody where you're from and how you got to Baltimore?
4: Yeah, uh, I'm Rogério. Uh, this is the right way to pronounce it. Rogério. 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 Yeah, so... I cannot roll
2: R's, <laughs> nor can I speak English. It's true. <laughs> this is true.
4: So we we're are from Brazil. I'm from São Paulo. Paulo is from south of Brazil, uh, a city called Porto Alegre. And mm. uh, God called us to be here uh, through a... Uh, uh, offering to Paula at uh, her, her workplace, off- call her to be here in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So we accept the challenge program. STEM, so Amen. yeah, we're yeah.
0: glad you're here. Praise the Lord. Yeah. yeah.
4: And so, who was
2: the employer that brought you all the way here from?
5: So Laureate. Uh, mm. I think many of you know it's in Harbor East. Yeah. it's an education company. Mm. They they have universities all across mm. the world. And and I work in finance. Um, so they they invited me to come.
2: Yeah, and, and if you could just give us a, a quick idea of what was the challenge that you faced that was really a joy stealer or something that really forced you to have to learn a lot about joy?
5: Yeah. So I think when when we came when we came over here, it was a challenge first to leave our parents, leave all our family, come to the U.S. We speak English, but it's not like. It's not so fluent, so it's hard to like over the phone when you schedule something and you're mm. like you don't really understand people don't speak slow, mm. so a lot of the yeah. small challenges that you don't you don't know like we face, and like raising Pedro on our own mm. and so one of the challenges of the recent challenges we faced was uh, I was working for the company, and Rogério was not working um so he had been working for a year. And then there was a, a, a like a financial problem where he was working mm. and a lot of people were let go. Mm. He was one of them. And then for for a few months he was unemployed. Mm. So mm. I think that's the that was the yeah, the, the recent challenge we had. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So how how did how did that affect you?
4: Well, in the beginning I was feeling like, oh me I was feeling inside of me it's not the right place that I want to be, it's not the right job. So when they let me go, so Oh, thank you, God, because probably God has something better right, for me. Right, and I'm right. sure he has. Mm. Uh, but I, I was thinking, maybe it would be like weeks and a month. Mm. Maybe I can get another, a new job mm. very quick. And I was very, mm. okay, faithful. believing yeah. it believe in it. On it. Yeah. So I've been to several interviews and send a lot of resumes around. And one month, two months, three months. Six months, mm. and my my faith start to. Yes. What's going on? Mm. So, and Paula was asking me, "There's something wrong with your resume, right?" Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> did you write it? In, I love it. Did you put right words there? I love it. Uh, I think so. So, so was I start to ask God, God, what I'm doing here? I don't need yeah. to be here. Yeah. I Had a big, uh, very good job in Brazil. I was working for this company for 10 years, why I had to leave everything, yeah. come to this country that I, I don't speak the language, so it's very difficult for me, my son, for Paula, so. Right. And, yeah, it was it was a difficult time.
0: Yeah. yeah. How did it affect you, Paula?
5: Mm-hmm. Um, it was hard because I felt like all the weight was mm-hmm. like on my shoulders, like I had to be perfect at work because mm-hmm. if something happened, then we would just have to go back to brazil right. and and sometimes we would struggle um uh, even in our marriage sure. um, like some tough small situations um like the juice by like
4: spotify spotify yeah how you your spotify so, what
5: so yeah <laughs> I, I told him spotify. like we, so we have to spotify yeah oh. so we had to reduce uh some of the costs and i said reduce your spotify and and, <laughs> and he was like what well, is just ten dollars and i said well but ten dollars add up right. you know like if each ten dollars here right. and there uh, so that's
2: a good financial discipline. That's just that that was free information for some of us. <laughs> right.
5: So we we faced some challenges, like sometimes I would say something to him and he would be like, oh, yeah, maybe because you're paying for that. And I, like, it's not right. that I what I meant. Right. And but it's just the pressure yeah. and feeling that heaviness, both of us, because I knew he was trying hard and and I wanted him to get the job. But it, right. nothing was coming up.
0: Right. So then what did joy look like for you on the bad days versus on better days?
4: So for me, um, as I said, I was going through a difficult time. Like, even I was sure that God had something better for me. Yeah. I couldn't wait. Like, it was too long. So and we had this pressure. I'm the head of the house. I have to help her. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to leave all the the have stuff on her shoulder. Right. So, I just want to say, one day uh, I had a, was a normal day. I had this interview in the morning. So when I woke up, to, uh, I went to to living room and I saw on my computer I saw a note
3: mm. on the wall mm.
4: or on my computer. I don't mm-hmm. remember. The uh, I'm gonna read to you. I, I broke the note here mm. because I think this is very important. Mm. This is how you can go through difficult times mm. if you have someone next to you that supports you and yeah. cares about you. Yeah, being so in it re-
0: together is really important.
4: Yeah, I'm going to reach you. Mas os que esperam no Senhor, renova suas forças, sobe como as asas de águia, corre e não se cansam, caminham e não mm. se fadigam. Eu mm. te amo, eu sei que Deus tem o melhor para você. You got this, right? Yeah. <laughs> So Ellis is ready yes, to translate. That sounds like my sermon. <laughs> <laughs> right. So thank you, God, for mm. Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. I have it <laughs> translated here. Go translate. So, but those who hope in the Lord yes. will renew their strength. Yes. They will soar like uh, on wings, mm. like eagles. Yes. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Mm. So in on Portuguese, uh, version say but those who wait on the Lord. Yes. Mm. So I was waiting. So so it was a very important note for me. Mm. So after like two or three weeks, uh, God works in different ways Mm. that you would not expect. So what happened is um, I had this um, email. Mm. This guy saying that, oh, you got a job. Can you go to this interview with me? I I think you're the right person. But was a scam. Mm. So through this scam, I knew the company, so I, I knew someone that worked on the company. So I called my friend and said, look, your boss just sent me a emails. He, no, he didn't. Mm. Of course, he's bird, right? Yes, but he didn't. Mm. But do you have an open position, like a, a scenographic designer? Yes, you do. So okay, can I send my my resume to you? So <laughs> I send my my resume on the same day her her boss um, his boss called me, he said can you come this afternoon to talk to me? Mm. So do I scan I got a new job. Wow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you to the guy the guy that tried to scan me. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. go ahead.
5: Um, no, to me, Joy, you, about your question, yes. Joy looked like something that others would have, yes. but not us. Right. And we wondered why. Yeah. Is it because we're immigrants here? Is it right. because we are not being faithful, is it something that we are doing wrong, right. thinking wrong, yeah. like is this like a punishment, right. or like what is there that it's missing. Yeah. But on a good day, we would look in and realize what we had. Yeah. And be yeah. grateful for the things we had, for Roger, looking at the bright side, looking at Rogerio spending time, quality time with Pedro, right. raising him, um, me having the ability of come home, and he was helpful at home as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think this helped us grow in our marriage as well. Mm-hmm. And and just to realize that um, that if we only like acknowledge who he was, mm-hmm. Who he is yes. then we won't lack anything so
2: mm. yeah i'd like to see if you could expand that just a little bit so my question more is like how did you stay strong in your faith because you just made a statement about that mm-hmm. but could you kind of talk a little bit more yeah. about how you stayed strong in the faith and in your trust and what was true about the father in heaven
5: so i think um, um we first i think there's um how how he said like we have faith that that problem is going to be solved soon right away but then when we don't see it then we start doubting like and we then start blaming that that was our case Mm. we started blaming god like oh why don't you give him a job like if you can do all things then why don't you give him a job yeah but then we started learning of like we have to stop blaming god he's not responsible for that so Mm. he's on our side so yes. how can he help us and start realizing what he can do mm. and again like if no. we ac- only acknowledge who he is like he is the most powerful person yes. like we sing here yes. there's no one equal there's right. there's no one like him there's That's no right. he has no equal there's nobody so if we only acknowledge that he has all in his hand yes. all control of all things then then we start trusting more and being more mm. uh, faithful towards him, yeah.
4: yeah and sometimes you you cannot see like for me, I was like in a tunnel without light, mm. but as soon as you open your ears to to hear the uh, yes. the voice of god That's good. if you don't, if you don't see, if someone talks to you on your right or on your left, you can yes. turn around and walk in that direction, right. so even if you don't see. The light at the end of the tunnel, if you stop to listen to the voice of God, Mm -hmm. you'll find the right way, the right path.
2: That's good. Could you guys finish this sentence kind of in your own words? Next time I am faced with something like this, I will.
4: I think I will remember my experience, Mm -hmm. uh, how God was faithful, Mm -hmm. even if I I had this lack of uh, faith. Yeah. God was faithful. Yeah. Even if you don't feel His presence, He's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I try to remember this. That's good. On my, my experience. Yeah.
5: For me, there's a verse in the Bible, and I'll have to, I have to—I don't know where it is, but I'll, I'll try to translate it. Mm. Unless anybody knows Portuguese here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, oh yeah. So, the, in Portuguese, it says "Quero trazer à memória aquilo que me dá esperança," which is mm. uh, "I want to bring to memory." the things that give me hope. Mm. Um, so to me, the next time this happens, I can remember all we've, we've been through and all the things that we faced and how he was face, faithful then. Right. And he has since he, he doesn't change, then he will be faithful again. That's mm. good.
2: So I'm guessing by both of your answers that you are anticipating that there will be more times <laughs> in your life that joy will be challenged. Well, um, is that kind of what you're agreeing upon?
5: Yes, and there are other... Yeah. Areas in our lives yeah. that yes. we still are struggling with. Mm-hmm. There are other situations that we've been facing that are not uh, easy to deal with, yeah. but each single stone that we mm-hmm. build, uh, uh, we build a castle, we, mm-hmm. we build our fortress mm-hmm. in God. So we, we know it's coming. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. There are things coming, but we hope mm-hmm.
2: to be faithful. And with, and with that strong testimony, would you mind just praying over us
4: mm-hmm. and uh, Portuguese? Yeah, I was talking to them. So, I think we have different languages here, different uh, backgrounds, different uh, nations. So, I know how easy it's to pray in our own language. So, yeah, I want to pray in Portuguese and Paula, probably she's going to translate it. She, she hated, but
2: yeah. Well, and I do want you guys to hear what Rajoria Rij- just said. Many of you do your 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 native language is not English, um, and but yet you come in a church like this, you feel like you have to talk to God in English. Mm. Yeah. Um, that is that is not true. Yeah. That is we want to we want to dispel that myth right now. Like so, when we ask for people to pray it is okay for you to pray in the language that you feel the most confident right. talking to the Lord in. And so Rogerio is going to model that for us this morning.
4: Yeah, and I share with Ginger and Pastor Ellis, uh, I want to do something different, if you allow me. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I have this picture on my... On my... Just one second. <laughs> um, we are from Brazil, as you know. Uh, in south of Brazil, they love barbecue. Okay. So All right. I'll get there. They love barbecue. Yeah. So, uh, if you go to a party, they ha- always have barbecue. So they put the coal. Mm. Three, three important uh, things that you have to to have on this barbecue: meat, of course, <laughs> yeah, but besides of this, uh, coal. Coal. Cool. And you have to do something to blow this coal to mm. to have flame. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you, put the, the, you won't put the meat, where mm-hmm. the, the fire is too hot, too high. Have to wait for the amber, mm-hmm. so you, then you put the meat. Okay? So, uh, I, I, I saw this picture, or oh, I started to think about this. God started, spoke to me about this. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, some of you are kind of coal or amber, Maybe you cannot see the fire, but the fire is inside of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? Maybe some of you are like uh, a dry wood. Yeah. In, in south of Brazil, if you go to a place where there's 100 people, mm-hmm. they won't use a simple barbecue. They'll they dig a, this hole on the ground. Mm-hmm. They put the coal. They put dry wood on top of it. And they're going to wait for the wind mm-hmm. to blow and the flames you got, got high, so they could put the limit on this. Mm-hmm. So I just want to ask you if you can stand up. Mm-hmm. And because I can see that there's some coals here, some uh, umbers, mm-hmm. but also there's some dry people here, mm-hmm. some dry wood. So in order to, to the dry wood get fire, mm-hmm. have to touch the amber, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The coal. So I just want to ask you to mm. hold your hand, mm. if you can. And you speak in your own language, okay? It's just you and God. Mm. And we're going to pray, and God will blow. Mm. The wind is the Holy Spirit. Yes. And he's going to make this fire mm. go high, go hot. Is You're going to uh, light your friend, your brother, your sister, okay? going to... Diga em português. Senhor Jesus,
5: Lord Jesus,
4: eu quero nesse momento, Senhor, I eu,
5: this time,
4: eu quero pedir para Ti, Senhor, para Senhor falar com o nosso coração, falar that, no nosso interior.
5: Diga no nosso,
4: fala no nosso coração, Senhor, e acende cada um de nós, Senhor.
5: Speak to our and light our fires aqueles
4: que são brasas, Senhor. So, aqueles que são
5: so those of you who are cold,
4: Sim, vão acender aqueles que são, senhor, a, a madeira seca, senhor.
5: light up the, the ones that are
4: dry wood. Senhor Jesus, eu quero que o seu, em nome de Jesus, senhor, acenda o coração de cada um, tire toda a tristeza.
5: Lord, I pray that you remove all the sadness, all the problems. Toda,
4: toda, dific, toda a dúvida, senhor, all toda, the doubts, toda todo medo,
5: all the fear, toda
4: angústia,
5: todo todo
4: problema, Senhor. Senhor, às vezes alguém que está sem emprego,
5: alguém
4: está sem é, fé, sem esperança, problemas na família, family, na escola,
5: in, in the, school, então
4: agora em nome de Jesus, Senhor. So Eu quero pedir para que eles possam, Senhor, abrir suas bocas, Senhor, e, e proclamar, e clamar a Ti,
5: Senhor. Senhor, so, Senhor
4: Jesus, vem agora e toque em cada coração aqui,
5: Senhor. Em heart here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mm-hmm.
4: Amen. 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 Would you
2: guys just thank uh, Roger, Rogerio and Paulo for You may be seated. Um,
0: yeah. I know we're going we're gonna to move forward, and Ellis and I are also trying to be really sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing in this moment. Don't want our words hmm. to just be words. Yeah. I'm so thankful for my brother and sister for sharing their story. And testimony is powerful. Yeah. I think you guys expect Ellis and I to say certain things. It's just part of the job. The position that God has called us to, yeah. but when you hear it from another brother and sister who's just on their journey of faith, like you are, yeah. um, the power of that, mm-hmm. um, and they had a choice, just like you and I do every single day, yeah. to they could they could have fallen in a, a place of despair and self pity, and I'm sure there were days of that, right? But they also had the choice to, like we learned about last week from Jeremiah two thirteen to not trust in the job and in the financial security, that stability as they had been so comfortable with, but to know that God is the only one that will never let them down. He is the provider. And we struggle with agreeing with that sometimes because it's not the provision that we want or how we see it. But God is the provider. And um, I'm so thankful for their testimony that they were able to say, um, God, instead of this broken cistern, Of a job. And that security. I'm choosing you. And I'm choosing joy. And I trust you. Um, And I know that many of us might not be ready at that place. To say that. Definitely not to be on the stage and to hold a microphone and to say it. But even if. You're at a place that you're whispering it. And you're trying to be faithful in it. God I trust you. I choose you. Or maybe. Maybe those of you who are starting to think it it goes back to what we're trying to encourage you with today that joy our joy and our journey of joy is in progress and so that's where the lord can start and can help you and to help you to grow in that area
2: yeah and i think there's a couple of things that are important if you could throw the definition of joy back up on the screen And I want it to feel a little bit redundant, but I really want you to marinate on this because there's some disciplines that we have to be able to uh, um, take on in our following of Christ that you can't always lean on another spiritual leader to do for you. That's
3: right. You have
2: a field of your own life that you are responsible for stewarding. And so many of the analogies in the New Testament are farming analogies. Well, most of us in this room are way removed from farming language or even a farming lifestyle. Some of you do understand it. But in our life, we have to discipline ourselves to treat our, our lives like fertile soil, right. or to at least treat it like soil and test it to see if it is fertile. right? There's a huge difference in that. Because you can take good seed and put it in rocky, bad soil, and it will do nothing. But there's certain disciplines that we have to develop that will allow those seeds to come in. And so when one of the things we wanted to talk about today is that we have to take some of the truths that we were challenged by the testimony and learn to plant them. Right. Like we can't just take and highlight the notes, like I don't want you to just write down something that was said. like what does it mean to take it and to plant it? And the only word I could come up with today so it's not confusing, is the word "meditate." Mm. The, the, Israel, the Israelite people were encouraged to meditate on the things that were true. Paul, or excuse me, James, to the church in, in, um, in Israel, in Jerusalem in particular, after Christ left, the word was consider. That's an action verb, if I'm not mistaken. And we have to then begin to say, well, what does considering mean? That means you actually have to take cognitive thought. And so we plant, we water, we weed, and we wait. And waiting isn't laziness. You will not find a farmer waiting, doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Waiting for a farmer is repairing the tractor working on the driveway, preparing the truck for when the harvest comes in. I mean, there's an activity to the waiting. Yes, they might get a vacation in, praise the Lord for seasons of labor and rest. But in our spirit, we can't just sit back and not in some way say, is it getting in? And then once it's in, am I taking care of the things around it? And there's a couple of things that we need to agree upon. And one of them is, is that we are sinners. Yeah. So we need to weed our life out because some of you, you can't find joy because you have sin that is just struggles in your life. And you are fighting against those weeds. It's almost like as if it's a cartoon and they're like Venus flytraps, your sins and you're holding them as they're trying to attack you. And that's the image that a lot of us are carrying into our spiritual lives. And so at some level, we've got to figure out what in my life needs to be yanked out. I need to get it out of my soil because this choice, this sin, this thing that's on me. Because the other thing that you need to understand is it's not just the sin that we have. Sin impacts your ability to trust God. It's the, it's the times where God has been faithful. That's why I, I love the way that they finish the sentence, is they want to, when they've experienced the next challenge, to be able to remember when Rosuria lost the job right. so that they could say, in this struggle, God was faithful. Yeah. But the struggle that ends up happening to you and I is that we'll bump up against the challenge, and we're going to be like, well, God, because of a sin in your life, a selfishness, a rage that's been unconfessed, a lust that's been unconfessed, a something, a laziness that's been unconfessed, whatever it could be, is that then we begin to say, God, you're not trustworthy anymore. And God has never changed. Right. But our sin makes us feel like the Lord has changed. And so in Philippians chapter 1, the word for no is, is I can't speak English. I can't speak Portuguese. I definitely can't say Greek. But here it is gnosis. It's a deep, personal, intimate knowledge. Deep, personal, intimate knowledge is what Paul was saying to the church in Philippi. While he was imprisoned, he was allowing the soil of himself to get to know God on a better way to where he could function in joy. So that just doesn't happen by attending church. That is what happened in Paul's life because he was processing the shipwrecks processing the nights floating in the Mediterranean, holding on to driftwood for a whole evening into the next day. He was processing the fact that God's been faithful. He will be faithful. He's got something special for me, and he's not finished with it, much like Jesus on the cross. God set before Jesus joy so that he could endure the cross. The the cross wasn't the end goal. The end goal for Hebrews 12, 2 was the joy on the other side, which is you and me. And so he had to go through that in order for him to get to the joy. And it's really no different with our life. And are we disciplined enough to say, God, you are trustworthy. Into your hands I commit my spirit today. God, are you trustworthy? Into your hands I commit my spirit today. It's a daily choice like we talked about Easter Sunday morning. Just like I can't breathe once when I'm born and survive the rest of my life, I have to continue to take breath. Because each breath is required in me, especially in my physical fitness. I need more. It's like I need to keep calling out, Lord, fill me with oxygen. Fill me. It's the same thing in our spiritual lives. We've got to develop that discipline.
0: So why do you think that trust is such an issue for us? I think what first comes to mind is that if we were honest with ourselves, we really struggle in trusting others, just people that we know, our relationships, right? And often we take that struggle with trust and we project that onto God. But if he is God, if he is the creator of all things, the one that gives me breath, why can't we trust him with the details of our lives? Why can't we? Why can't we trust him with our future? It's been said that when you're worrying, you're not trusting. And when you're trusting, you're not worrying. I think the piece and some of the words we want you to cling to today is the word gaze which is like a long, uh, uh, um, looking to something that lingers, right? Not a glance. Those are two different things. A glance is different from the gaze. When we gaze at him in trust and our eyes are fixed on him, then we don't have to, we can just glance at the problems. We, We know it's there, but our eyes stay steady on him. But how many of us really do that? Most of us, if we were to be honest, would say we spend most of our time looking and gazing at our problem. We want to figure it out. We've got to have a solution. We need strategies. And we'll glance at God. We know he's important in our lives, but we merely glance at him. Even in our prayers about whatever it is that we're walking through, those are often just um, gazing at our problem. still. We talk to him about our problem. We even go as far to tell him how we think he should solve the problem. Right When ultimately what he needs from us is complete trust and surrender that he is able and he is capable. He is the Red Sea God who has the ability to solve any of our problems if we just surrender to him.
2: Yeah, and, and I wonder, Ginger said something, and we put it on a slide, and I want to make sure that we all hear it. The fundamental part of expressing trust in God is learning how to gaze at him and only glance at our problems. I think that is foundational to being a good farmer of our soul. Yeah. like That, that, that sounds so simple, but to be honest with you, it's really not a complicated process of tending to our life. God was gracious to us just a few tools of focus and meditation in our life can unleash a great potential because this is what is true. Listen to Jesus' own words to his disciples. And I'm going to use the message translation from Eugene Peterson, Matthew 6. Read along with me um, if you can. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you? do his best for you. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax and not to be so preoccupied with getting mm. so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know about God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provision. Yes. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when that time comes. Some of you might just want to go home, print that out, put it on the bathroom mirror, boom, and just leave it there for like the next month. Because that is what is true. But you found yourself not on the victory side. You are still in the hole. You are, as Rogerio referred to it as, in the darkness, listening for the voice to guide you out. You can't see the exit. You can't see the light. All you, can, all you are hoping for is a familiar voice to walk you out. And, and Jesus' words were, and I could almost see him doing this, pointing out some flowers behind some bush in the garden and yeah. saying, do you know that God made these and nobody's even noticing them, but look how beautiful they are. If he's going to do that, look at you out here in public. Why would he not want to take care of you? You are on so much a higher level of display than that flower, and he cares for it, so how much more is he going to care for you? So I think the question is, is why do we question God's work in our lives? And like I said earlier, I believe a lot of it has to do with the fact that sin leads us to a place where we can say, I'm not sure that, that, we, that, that you can be counted on God. So I better figure this out on my own. I, I, so often our default is to go back to our old nature and not continue to press towards our new nature.
3: Right.
2: And the thing that I love, and this, I, I learned this from one of my African-American pastor mentors, um, pastors in PG County, and I heard him say this. We were going through some Old Testament scriptures, and there was a moment where it was defining Israel's battles and how difficult the enemy was, and then it says, But God showed up and did this, and then this is what he said, and I will not be able to pull it together much like he did, but in his way, he's like, time God sticks his big butt in the middle of a circumstance, things change, and I, and I can tell from the look on most of your faces, you don't know what to do with that, and like I said, it worked for him, the whole audience was just rolling and understanding, and most of you are looking at me like, God, all right, now. Nah. But he was making something that's very, very true for us. It's, 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 what, it's what is fact. There is no situation that we are in that God can't be present in, and miraculous things come. The problem is is that you and I define timeline. We define God's love based upon quickness, and like not one or two weeks unemployed, six, seven months unemployed. God, okay, this is getting past my tolerance and my patience level but yet, God, if God is in it with us, why do we not remain faithful? And and that is on our part something that we have to work at. Is this idea is like the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and patience and long suffering? Then if I'm growing in these fruits, that means I'm actually having to endure something, right. and that's and that's allowing those fruits to grow in me.
0: It's important for us to understand that you and I have a part to play, and I, I think. I think most of us would agree with that and understand with that, understand that. But we're going to go back to the Philippians 4, 8 passage for a moment. The core of my heart and my mind needs to align with truth. That means when I'm looking at my circumstances or I'm back in the same sin struggle that I've been struggling with for the last 10 years of my life, the, the thing I keep going back to, I have to align myself with the truth. What am I thinking on? Um, because God doesn't want us to become a people that are um, absorbed in self judgment and shame. That doesn't come from Him. Think about the story of the prodigal son. What was the father doing? The father was watching and waiting for that son in the distance. And it makes me emotional thinking about it. Every single day, watching and waiting. But the son had to make the decision to return. Mm-hmm. The son also had to turn his gaze from himself to look for the father. Yeah. And it says that the father ran to the son. And then there was a party and a celebration. It wasn't the father saying, you did this, you did this, you did this. We need to make this right before we can celebrate. It was an immediate receiving after the son decided, I'm going to look to you, father. And I was wrong, but please forgive me. And there's complete forgiveness and um, he wants to woo us out of our sin. It's so important that we don't get stuck up, stuck in the in the shame and the rut of self judgment and condemnation. The truth is that some of us are struggling this morning, and um, we, we did get a little bit out of order of what we were trying to share. And so you're you're sensing a that little bit of that, me. promise?
2: Yes, I don't want her. to blame anybody, but, but yeah. the um, glance kind of kind of made.
0: No, but but I, I know you're order. saying, well, Ellis kind of already said this, but. I think this is important, and I don't want to think that that was a mistake. I want to believe that there was a purpose in it. Maybe you'll hear it this time. Some of us are stuck and struggling with a sin, maybe one specific thing. Some of you are chained to an addiction that's a secret in your life that nobody knows about, not even the people closest to you. Some of you are in a desperate place. You're you're in the pit of despair some of you are struggling with um, the weight of your past sin that you thought you dealt with, and it just keeps coming up, coming up in you. And the truth is, when often in our lives, when everything seems to be falling apart and we're certain that we've let God down, His grace, His grace intervenes and reminds us that the story isn't over yet. And that's the power of the Scripture this morning, Philippians chapter 1, when Paul was able to say, I always pray with joy, and he said that talking to people that he loved very much, just like Ellis and I are sharing with you this morning. Being confident of this, not maybe, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. We can rest in that. Our circumstances may not look good today. What we're struggling with, our own sin, like I said, might have us in a pit of despair. Yet, and this is important, yet we can have joy and confidence knowing that if it's not good, that God's not done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you know that even the junk in our lives, God promises to use it for our good? Mm -hmm. And that's a hard concept to get our brains around and that's a whole other um, sermon to unpack. But I just want to remind you that whatever it is that you feel chained to right now, God is bigger than that. Yeah. God is bigger than that, and he's just waiting for you to change to not glance at him, but to shift your gaze to him as your love your loving father. Yeah, so this as started. we
2: move towards our closing, yeah. I just want to remind us of a couple of things. Number 1, I'm in progress. Yes. Number 2, you're in progress. Yes. We need to call that out. Like there is we are not complete. We've talked about this. My sins impact me, my sins impact you, your yes. sins impact you, your sins impact me. That's life. Yeah. But that doesn't mean, like, Paul was in a hole in the ground, and he's complimenting them for the faith right. that he's seeing lived out. Right. In a few chapters later, he sends in the letter, would you please make sure these two ladies stop fighting? <laughs> he wasn't letting conflict rob him of his joy, because he knew that they were in progress, and he was choosing to look at the places they were progressed. Yeah. where they had advanced, yeah. where they were excelling. And he was gently reminding them, like, let's, let's let God complete the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Don't just look at the places where you're failing each other. Look at the places where you're excelling with each other. Yeah. Because if we are going to choose joy as a church, which we're going to talk about next week and a little bit more in the weeks to come, joy is corporate. That's right. Much like the prayer time that we just had. Some of you have joy and your ember is right. Others of us are dry, and we need the fire in the one sitting next to us to light us up so that we're then prepared to light others up. And that is the process of this. And so here's the follow-up of what I said earlier, a slide we created for you. You need to plant truth. What truth we want you to plant today? We made it very specific. He is not finished with me, and he's not finished with you. Would you please say that out loud?
0: He's not finished with me. He's not finished with you. That is
2: true. The second thing that we want to do is we need to water truth. He is using my circumstances to complete the work. Mm -hmm. I want you guys to hear that. You don't have to say that back, but I want you guys to know this. He is using my circumstances to complete his work in us. The third thing is, is we need to weed around the truth. Where have I lost my eternal perspective for me and you? Like, look, some of the problem is, is that I am hurt by you and my hurt is because I have lost sight of the hope that I have yeah. and the fact that you are in progress too. So I wouldn't demand perfection out of myself, but I might demand perfection out of you. Right. right. And so we've got to understand that, that we have to weed. I mean, there is an eternal perspective that has to be corporate. It has to be, yes, it includes me, but yes, it includes you. But there's also this weeding that we need to do. And it's the sin that remains. Where are we holding? Because of God's grace, where are we letting sin stay? It's like, you know what, God loves me. I do good in many areas, but this one thing I'm just going to keep close to me because I get comfort out of this. Anything that we desire over God can become an idol. We need to be very careful of that. And the fourth thing is, is we need to wait on the truth to bear fruit. Daily I trust and obey, period. Daily I trust and obey. You know, my circumstances, I don't just trust them on the good days. Right. I just don't trust them on the days that I want to. Daily I trust and obey. Daily I plant water and weed. We have to have a rhythm of that in our days and in our weeks, because the result will equal joy that grows.
0: So I want to close in our time together um, with a scripture, and I don't think we put it on the slide, but that's okay. I we want did. you Psalm 86:4. Yes, this is really important, and this is really simple, and you might just want to jot this down. Uh, Liv was talking to us earlier during our worship time about um, just a, a kind of a repetitious breath prayer, and I believe that this is something that we all need to be asking the Lord Is to bring joy to us, Um, but the next statement is so very important. the The word for and because I put my trust in you. And again, as I said earlier, some of us are not ready to say that. We might be thinking it, but I'm going to ask you in a just in a step of faith this morning. um, In a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to say that out loud with me if you are ready. and maybe your faith and your ability to say, I trust in God, will encourage someone else. Ellis and I were talking about just trust. And often when you, when you meet someone you don't know or you don't know them very well, you ask around to people who know him better, to people who know the person better. And they'll say, yeah, he's trustworthy. Or, yes, you can trust her. Her word is good. For some of you, you don't know God like Paul knew God on the intimate level. And you're going to have to take our word for it. You're going to have to take my word for it this morning, that he is trustworthy. That's right. So in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to um, make a cup with your hands, and to those around us and the outside world, it would just look like that my hands are empty. But the the Hebrew word, um, some of the Hebrew words that are part of this scripture, is the word nefesh nesah, and it means your soul. That I'm lifting up my soul to you. Bring joy to your servant, for I'm lifting up my soul to you. Now that's a huge statement. That means I trust you, God. I am surrendering control over my life, and I want to trust you. Some of the other translations are, I turn to you, Lord. I offer my life to you. I set my hope on you. I worship only you. I put my life in your hands. God knows that your life is something precious and rare, But he wants to bless you abundantly and give you joy to the full if you only ask. And get to a place that you can say, even on the darkest days, God, I trust you. I'm choosing joy in this moment. I'm choosing you. So if the praise team would come on up, we're going to close. um, And I want you to just prepare your hearts for offering your life to the Lord. If you feel comfortable that you would make a cup with your hands, and I should have probably already had the praise team come up, forgive me. A couple other scripture references that you might want to write down that are not on the slide Psalm 13, 5, I have trusted in your mercy, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Or Psalm 511, let all those who rejoice. I'm sorry, let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Psalm 5, verse 11. So if you're ready and when you're ready, will you make a cup with your hands in a symbolic way of offering your life to the Lord? And then maybe when you're ready, as we start to sing or while we're singing, that you would say with your mouth and confess out loud, God, I trust you. Bring joy to your servant, Lord. Bring joy to me because I trust you.
2: We're going to let this activity that Ginger's led us to kind of bring us to the table as well. And so when you finish that exercise of spiritual discipline and searching and prayer, you know, feel the freedom to head to a table and Take of the cup and the the broken bread together and remember that, you know, when Jesus was going to the cross, he didn't tell the disciples, you remember all my teachings, you remember all my healings, you remember all my miracles. He said, I want you to remember my body broken for you and my blood poured out. That was the thing he wanted them to remember. And so today we need to do that um, because there's so much truth in it for us, even as we seek joy because some of us are being broken and poured out for others right now, and we need to see the joy that's set before us. And so the worship team is only going to sing one song, and we're going to let them sing it long enough for us to sit here for this moment and move to the table. And But if you need prayer, um, deep prayer, like somebody to talk to about Christ or something you need healing in, there will be people around the room with some red lanyards that are pr- here to pray for you, and I'd like for you to move towards them and let them pray over you. Or... Maybe some of you are looking for a job or you're in a six-month dry valley. Maybe you want to go up to Paulo Rogerio and say, would you please pray for me? And let the ember of faith that they have light your fire up as well. They are, they're definitely here, whether in English or Portuguese, to pray for you. And so let's respond to the Lord.